Hey, I'm Rebecca Nanjago. Welcome to the Connectivity Podcast. We may not realize it, but we are always looking for connection, genuine human connection. This show will help you feel connected to yourself and to others through deep, meaningful conversations about life and what makes all of us human. So grab some tea, cozy up, and get ready to feel inspired, challenged, and connected. This is the Connectivity Podcast. Hey, hey, my friends, welcome back to another episode of the Connectivity Podcast. So if you're listening to this episode and you haven't yet reviewed, subscribed, rated, or shared this particular podcast with someone who you think would love it, pause here, pause here right now and do that. And for everybody that has reviewed, subscribed, rated, shared, connected with us on Instagram, I appreciate you. Thank you so much for spreading the word. All right. So uh, today's guest is Sarah Cookie. Kukitiza. She is a spiritual, curious, multifaceted creative, an architectural and product designer with a master's in architecture. She is the recipient of several medals, including the 2017 Queensland Institute of Architects Medallion, she is a mental health advocate and wellpreneur. She's the founder of Lifeline Designs, a brand and community that she founded in 2019. And she also acts as its creative director and lead product designer. So guys, I met Sarah a while back at an event, at a Pulse for Her event. And I was introduced to her product, which is Lifeline Designs. It's a combination of many things like homeware and um, journals and stuff like that. I particularly love, 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 love her journals. She's like an organized person. And from everything, we were making vision boards, right? And from just her vision board, I was just like, what? This girl. (laughs) this girl's organized and i just thought to have her on the podcast today to speak about goal setting and how we can prepare for 2022 all right without further delay let me welcome sarah to the show welcome sarah to the connectivity podcast hi rebecca thank you so much for having me uh first of all let me say i am so proud of you i remember we had a conversation around this was it even beginning of 2020 or something you're like i want to do this podcast i have these ideas these conversations and now look it is oh it's just been so inspiring to kind of watch from even like tamoli and listen in (laughs) really enjoy the content so i am so proud of you thank you for creating this oh thank you so so much i think we have a special bond because we really met at a time where we were trying to be intentional about so many things and trying to create Mm -hmm. new things so like i see you and i'm like yeah the girl is killing it but you also see me and you're like, oh my God, she's actually... Asking. Yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> she's doing it. Yeah. Yeah, which is so incredible to see. Implementation and taking action is really important. Yeah, that's true. So how would you describe yourself as a human being? Oh my gosh. I um, Yeah, I think you already said it. Like, I'm very curious. 
and that's how I live. Like I let my curiosity thrive and that's just where I'm every, I think every even big life decision that I've made has been based off of being curious, understanding and trying to understand, okay, how can I benefit from, let's say taking a skill and growing it or building a routine and benefiting from it or saying hello to someone and seeing where the conversation goes. So um, yeah, I think that's why I'm generally, I'm like a curious person, but I'm also like pretty creative. And I think when you put these two together, um, it creates like almost a beautiful chaos. And I like to call it chaos because even just looking around my room right now, there's like three projects that are ongoing, like DIY things and, um, you know, my computer is pulled up and there's something that I'm designing, a product that I'm designing for Lifeline. And so my mind is always racing um, and there's this chaos, but then there's order to the chaos, which I think um, a lot of us could benefit from a little bit more. Yeah. Oh my God. My mind is chaos. But mm. order to that chaos is something that I struggle with. And it's mm. something that mm. I admire about you because you're multifaceted like I am. But then you mm-hmm. are really organized. Have you always been disorganized? Honestly, no. Like, I'm not going to lie. I always try to, you know, with creatives, and I'm sure you understand this, when you want to start something, you sometimes you just take the leap and you start, right? Right. And it can easily cause everything else in your life to suffer, right? If you don't stop to reflect on what you've started. So I haven't always been organized, but then when I really when I realized that, okay, these are the things that I really want and this is where I want to see myself in a couple of years, I had to, with every project that I started, with every activity, I had to always like um, stop, pause, reflect, see where it's taking me, see how much time it's going to take me and then plan accordingly and create that organization, create little spots of time where I'm like, even if it's, you know, two hours a day, 45 minutes here, you know, but making sure that I'm able to give as much as possible to everything that I'm doing, like um, simultaneously, so that it thrives, you know, properly. Yeah, and not one part is suffering more than the other. Yeah. And when did that start? Like, when did you realize that actually this is something that I need to get into? I need to get organized. Yeah. What led you there? It was a turning point. Um, it, I like to joke about it now, but, um, you know, with everything that happens, I feel like there's always some pitfall or going down a very deep hole and having to dig yourself out. And that was what it was for me, unfortunately. Um, I remember in early 2019, I got to a point where I was so overwhelmed and so stressed and having panic attacks and, you know, wanting all these things and knowing that I can achieve them, but, you know, having, because it was all happening so quickly, so fast, it just led me down like a really dark, deep, uh, terrible path. Um, And, you know, compromising where it led to me compromising my mental health quite a bit. And yeah, that's where it started. And um, honestly, 
I had to actually go to therapy because of the overwhelm and not only with, you know, my work and my career, but also with, you know, my personal life, uh, family relationships, etc. And one of the very first things that you know, the therapist said was like, have you written all these things down? Like try, just try writing them down. Don't think about, don't think too hard about it, but write it down. Right. right. Cause it seems like you even talking now, like at a million miles per hour about all the things you want to do Mm. try writing them down so you have a record of it and then once you do that exercise and keep doing it make you know be exhaustive about it um set time aside to prioritize these things uh you know assign a time to them right what are the things that can go that you don't have to spend time on at all what are the things you can delegate to other people what are the things that you need help with um, what are the things that you know you're so good at, you know, you can do them really quickly and get them out of the way. So do that exercise. And from doing that exercise, I started to really, you know, find it was really helpful, to be honest. It was, it's a very simple thing, right? Um, but it really helped quite a bit. And of course, because I, you know, I'm a bit geeky or whatever, I decided to make a layout on InDesign, which is the software we use for um, when we're designing our layouts for the planners and journals. Um, and I printed it out just on a regular printer that we had at home. And I started filling out, you know, these things on a daily basis, right? So it was kind of a part of the daily planner. So, you know, I was like, okay, try not to do more than three things or five things a day. These are things I definitely have to do. These are things I could, I need to follow up on. These are things I need to delegate. This is what I'm doing for myself, you know, as a self-care thing. I need to track the money that I'm spending. How much have I spent today? And also I need, you know, to be able to journal my thoughts. How am I feeling? Um, How am I progressing towards where I'm going? So, yeah, from that, you know, came the birth of this product, um, which is essentially the Daily Planner. Yeah, I started using it for myself for about, I think, like, two, three months before I decided, okay, I'm going to try and put it out of the market. Wow. And we're mm. grateful. We're so grateful <laughs> to you, to your life experiences, to your therapist, because you gave us something great, you know? Thank your you. Planners, I appreciate uh, that. Yeah, the planners, everything just is so intentional. And mm. while I was listening to you, I was just thinking, from your experience, what have you found has been like one of the major hindrances for us being organized and following through with our goals? Or it doesn't even have to be for all of us. Maybe what was it for you? I don't know. Um, I think I overthinking that it, everything had to be perfect. This idea of uh, perfectionism is actually like a really big hindrance. Um, because, you know, a lot of the time you want to do something, but perhaps you don't have the skill for it, but you're really passionate about it, right? So, and, you know, you have the vision and the vision is perfect and everything is glittering. And because you're not that skilled or you, you know, you're not well-researched, you're already pushing it to the back or limiting yourself, saying you can't do it because of that. Um, so I think that's one of the main things. Another thing, which is like a general thing that kind of prevents us, you know, I think from that hinders us from thriving is 
and I'm going to say it and it's going to be like, you know, everyone might have a look around their room right now, is clutter. We always, I think like I always just used to have so much. And right now I have a lot going on. I'm not going to lie, but I know where absolutely everything is. Like I said, that organized chaos, right? But clutter, we have a lot of clutter when it comes to even text messages, even the emails, you know, the space that we're in, the bedroom. And there's so much time wasted um, when you're trying to like, you know, go through like clutter or trying to suss out what's important and what's not important. If everything is everywhere at all times, or if you're just receiving way too much information at the same time and not you know, narrowing things down. So I think perfectionism and clutter are generally like the main hindrances. But to be fair, also generally, I think, you know, with perfectionism, it is really like a mindset thing. Um, So I think, you know, a mindset that is kind to your, you know, staying kind to yourself um, is really important through all these things. Even if you have a clutter or even if you're trying to be, perfect i think you have to remember that it's okay to make some mistakes it's okay to try and fail because you know what's it saying like progress before perfection so yeah i think that's those are generally i think the main hindrances that we that i had or that you know having conversations with people that they tend to have i relate to everything you said like a hundred percent um the thing that i feel especially very deeply is clutter because it mm. just affects my life <laughs> mm-hmm. clutter mm-hmm. Really is something that affects my life i've kind of like tried to master like my space but now mm. when it comes to emails and pictures and <laughs> it's just like i'm going crazy going crazy yes. and it's like there's no way people are going to keep texting back you subscribe uh-huh. to all these things and the emails are going to keep coming. It's just like, oh my God. I'm more yeah. it's just too much. So I really, really that that one I felt really deeply. Mm-hmm. And it's it's you know, it's kind of it happens to everyone, I think. And you know, but the good thing with technology is like, oh, it's this like evil, but it's also like a great tool. It's just that in the sense that, you know, yes, you have those emails, but then there are also ways to make sure that, okay, I I have this VIP list. So, you know, I can put something on my VIP list and I know these are emails that I must check, right? Emails from this person and this person and that person. Same thing with text. It's like, I can mute this, even posts on social media. Like I can mute this story. I can mute these posts, you know, just so that my feed has things that, you know, are more inspirational um, or that will give you will keep my creative juices flowing and it's not you know you don't end up in some sort of like downward spiral you know it's so easy to go down that rabbit hole when you're in the socials where you first click on your friend your friend's cousin their uncle their sister before you know it you're (laughs) and the time right that's time you're never going to get back so it's so easy to end up there um i think for everyone but there are ways to walk around it for sure So how do we simplify our lives? Because I really, the older I grow, the more I realize Mm. that, you know what? Life is, life has its basics and life Mm. is generally simple. We complicate Mm. life. Like if you just, like even for food, like if you stick to the basics, 
even for like for everything if you stick to the basics you're good so it's always yeah, going yeah, yeah. back to like what's simple what's simple yeah how do you simplify mm-hmm. your life I think I would like my like uh I think the number one thing is I'd like my life to be as simple as the easiest restaurant menu or my favorite kind of restaurant menu and that is a menu that has maybe maximum three choices right mm. because I know if I have three choices I don't have to think too hard what I can choose if it's chips chicken uh you know a salad and let's say pasta I'm like okay today I mean, I'm good for this quick, you know, quickly choose, make the order as opposed to, you know, those extensive menus mm. where you first have to spend half an hour going through it. I think that's the approach to take. So how does one do that? Once again, start by exhaustively writing down on a piece, on a piece of paper in a book, start exhaustively writing down absolutely everything on your mind. But then remember, you are human, you you can only do so much in a day so for me every day i'm like i, I try to like advise people not to do not to do more than five big things in one day because if you're doing five big things assume that each one is going to take at least one hour you know at least so those are already five hours you know no more people tend to work eightish hours a day so you know, that's, well, yeah, minus lunch, eight hours a day. So, of course, if anything goes over, then you're already going into those three hours, right, out of the five hours. So, but ideally, try to do three. Like, I think if you want to do things really effectively, do three things a day. And the thing is, it seems like, it might seem like, um, what do I mean by three things? Let me start there, I think. It's not three things in the sense that answer, reply to an email, it could be replied to an email, um, assuming the email requires you to do this kind of research, da, 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 a lot of stuff before, you know, quite a bit of work before you respond to it, right? But then instead of saying respond to this email, I feel like then what that thing needs to be is do research or, you know, write project proposal for X, Y, Z. And then, you know, you know, of course, one of the things that you have to do as part of writing the project proposal for that thing is sending it to someone uh, via email. So let the three things be things that, let's say big goals that could maybe have little tasks under each one. So that's a way to like simplify it. You'll find that you are actually doing more, but because you're also, you know, grouping it in this big, in this kind of chunks, it's not making it's not making you overwhelmed, right? So um, that's one way to simplify. The other thing is to remember that with everything that we do, we can seek help. I think we tend to forget that quite a bit. You can seek help, and that's one way to make your life easy. You're not good at something. Try and find someone who's good at it. Your, you, if, if they need to be paid, pay them. But it's like the stress and overwhelm, um, you know, and the, the kindness you're sort of showing your mental health by doing that rather than fighting so hard with something that, you know, you might spend three hours on it and you might not even, you know, get it done right. 
you'd rather outsource, you'd rather delegate if you have a team or if you have friends, family that can help, then do that. Um, I think those are the two main things. Try and try not to do more than five things each day. And remember that you can always seek help. Delegate where you can or outsource where you can. I love it. Um, the choices on the menu really got me. <laughs> I was like, yeah, actually, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Three choices on the menu. I the really menu, exactly. That. It's just, it's, it's easier to, you know, because if you go and the cocktails are too many, yeah. it's so overwhelming. So think about your life like that. If you write, if your to-do list is six miles long, you're already feeling the overwhelm before you even take the first thing off. And it's those little things. It's a visual cue of, my gosh, it's this long, right? Right. And already the anxiety kicks in. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> and I think especially for women, asking for help is something that's so difficult. I don't know why okay. it's hard for us to have, to ask for help. Right. Yeah, but yeah. when you said it, I was like, yeah, we grapple with this. Even mm. when, like, you know, you've made money and stuff, it's just like, yeah, mm. it's like you're trying to prove that you can do things. Prove to who I don't. Mm. That's the mind. thing. Mm. Yeah, that's the thing. And I think, um, I think we've had this conversation before, but like, remember when um, there's this thing from, I think, Seven Habits of Highly Effective, effective People. Okay. And there was that thing about the time. Um, so I think it was something like, figure out how much you make in a year and then, you know, divide it by the number of days, the number of hours in a year, the number of minutes in a year, right? Mm -hmm. I know they are like the Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos who are making some billions still per second or something. But, you know, even if it's, even if you divide it and it comes to 5K an hour, right? If you can hire someone to do that same thing for that 5K, then, you're better off paying that 5K to someone else. Or even if they can do it for less than 5K, you're better off paying that money to someone else um, rather than doing it yourself, especially if they're able to do it better than you. So I think it's it's something that for me, like kind of changed my life where I'm like, uh, I'm not going to sit down and try and do accounting when it's going to take me two days to do something that someone is going to do in maybe two hours. And they're likely going to, you know, if I calculate this, they're likely going to ask me for the same amount, or even if it's a little bit over, I think, you know, you'd rather pay that much. Uh, and it, and you don't waste, because you're wasting more time that equals more money. So, you know, you're losing value, basically, um, throughout that time. That's true. That's true. And even for like little things, you know, like, you know, washing your clothes, like cooking, mm. like, even for little things, because people usually mm. think about these things in like only business perspectives, but then you go back home yeah. and you wash your own clothes. And the chores, exactly. Yeah, the chores, you know? I really And like it's it. different if you enjoy doing it, yes. right? Like I don't like cooking that much, but okay, actually I do like cooking, but like it has to be, I have to really be in the mood for it and it becomes a whole thing. Then, you know, there I'm doing it because, you know, it's love, but it's, 
so easy, yeah, to do things when you're like, oh gosh, now I have to mop here. Oh gosh, now I have to sweep this. Now I have to fold the laundry. It, if it's something that you know is you're not you do not enjoy, then yeah, definitely outsource and ask for help. Yeah. Um, you've referenced to mental health a lot. I know that even doing this work and just knowing you personally, this is something uh, you're passionate about, something we're both passionate about. Why do you think mental health matters? I think it matters because it's, you know, as important as any health. It's human health, right? And it's something that I think why it has to be pronounced more is because it has been put on the back burner, I think, for a really long time. Um, and there are so many people, like even just, I, I keep getting these flashbacks from my childhood as, you know, you saw someone who was maybe an alcoholic or someone who was struggling with someone and how they've been, how they were treated and, you know, people throwing things at them or the, the words that were used to describe them. Um, and it's kind of heartbreaking. So it's something that matters because we all deal with it in one way or another. We might not, someone might not know that this is, you know, part of my mental health or this thing is affecting my mental health, but it's something that we all grapple with in one way or another. So I think it's worth talking about it. It's worth pronouncing it. It's worth saying that, hey, these things are okay. You know, it, it's, it's okay that, um, you're dealing with this we can help you find a solution or you're not alone or it's something you can talk about and you know you don't have to be embarrassed and no one's gonna call you well people are gonna call people names unfortunately but you know we're trying to get to a point where we're trying to educate as many people as possible to you know be kind to people be kinder and use better language generally for sure and you know it's it's so funny that, you know, even when you like feel like you're coming up with the flu, mm. the first thing is you go to a pharmacy or like take a concoction, something to calm it down, right? Mm. Mm. But we don't do the same for our mind. So like when you said it is actually part of human health, <laughs> mm. we, don't say, it we don't do the same for our minds. I think maybe it's because crazy, like, when someone says maybe something is wrong with their mental health, maybe they think that they'll be deemed crazy. Yeah. And yet, and yet, you know what? It's not like it, a flu is not AIDS. <laughs> I don't know why we think that when you're stressed and you. you're, I don't know why it's just, but it's just so terrible. Yeah. But it's the stigma is ridiculous, isn't it? And it's, mm. you know, the, the interesting thing and this year, you know, these past two years with people you know, being home and maybe having a little bit more time in their hands or whatever, I've had some serious, serious conversations about this. And there's sometimes when people come to me and they're like, eh, but man, like my body is feeling this type of way. And, you know, you try to say, oh, well, how come, what do you reckon? And, you know, before you know it, it's because of some anxiety or some pent up like stress or something. So it's actually something to do with their mental health that has, you know, ultimately um, affected their physical health, right? But they 
because they were not very aware or they was you know pushing it to the side they were not able to combat it in the beginning stages and you know ultimately become something that starts to manifest manifest physically um and i think that's you know that's happening more and more often which is quite sad it's really sad to to witness yeah it's so it's so mm-hmm. sad to witness but even when you think about how our bodies work and our brains work like you first think about something then you act <laughs> mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. like our our bodies and our minds are so connected so if you're thinking about something an action is actually being taken in your body it's not that mm. it just stops in your mind and it's closed there that energy transfers mm. to your body so it makes logical sense that you know you you'd feel pain and feel anxious in your body exactly exactly and even before the mind does anything it's funny <laughs> my therapy session last week um we're talking about like emotions It's like, and uh, the therapist was like, okay, what do you reckon is like the, the order of things like emotions and, you know, in connection to your mind and body? So I was like, I think, you know, it's the mind that controls your emotions and maybe, I don't know, is it your emotions and your mind that then control your body? And he was like, no, actually, ultimately it's the emotions, right? Right. Um, you're angry, you're going to, you know, perhaps maybe get a headache or, you know, you're going to get stressed. And then before you know it, you're folding your hand and you want to punch something. So I think maybe the other thing of like mental health is like understanding that it's okay to feel our emotions because we tend to, you know, I think we have kind of grown up in a space where like, you know, you and your feelings, Eh? Right. <laughs> like right. yeah and your feelings but those things are critical because without the feelings without the emotions you're not able to you know those are things that are controlling your mind and your body and it doesn't matter how much you try to suppress them even in fact suppressing them is kind of you know counterintuitive to your general health because then it's causing conflicts because you know perhaps your emotion is sending a different trigger to your mind to sorry to your body but then you know because you're trying to suppress that's also now another emotion sending something else to your mind and then you find yourself in total conflict um so yeah it's i think we need to be able to acknowledge that it's okay feel the feeling let it pass um you know go through it talk about it say it out loud you know write it down in a journal but like allow yourself because it's the only way to move forward don't try and suppress it because that's where you get to a point where people are so angry and then before you know it, oh someone has, has is uh, is doing like a mass shooting or you know all these tragic things right? right so um understanding that you know part of mental health is to allow ourselves to feel the feeling to yeah to go through it it's not always going to be nice and sweet and you know we wish it would be but these things happen and the quicker you allow yourself to go through it the better it is for you yeah and i remember hearing this statement that emotions are energies in motion i really mm-hmm. love that because that means they're just passing through you mm-hmm. so if you let it if you let it sit or if you feel it it's just going to pass through and it's not even going exactly. to be 15 minutes maybe right uh-huh. it's going to yeah 
But then if you suppress it, and everybody has emotions. So for people who keep saying, oh, you're so emotional. I'm just like, but bruh, you also have emotions. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you're suppressing them, but they are there. <laughs> they are there. Yeah. And they don't all have to be like, you know, emotions are everything. The good, the bad, the terrible, you know. Yeah. So I don't know why. I think we the the we relate emotion to only the bad emotions. That's you know, true. the... So I don't, that's another stigma um, altogether. But yeah, no, it's definitely important. And I mean, you know, even going back to how to progress through life or how to, you know, shift um, accordingly and make the right moves, you have to consider these things and you have to consider your energy. I mean, I was recently having a conversation with someone and I was like, we have a biological like clock on us. for example, if you, Rebecca, you wake up and between 4 and 5 a.m., that's your window with the most energy or the most, you know, you're feeling, you're, you always feel great during that time. Then, you know, take that time to do the things that are related to, you know, that perhaps are more challenging because you have the energy, you can tackle it. So do those things in that window. If, you know, for me, I have maybe that window between 2 p.m. and 5 p.m., then that's when I should be able to schedule the things that need a bit of thinking, challenge, what, what. And then when I know for, you know, let's say I know for a fact from like 4 to whatever time, that's when my brain is, you know, I'm brain dead or I'm just chill then you kind of do the easier things, right? The things that don't require too much thought. So I think we also need to take advantage of that. Like the emotions like affect, you know, we need to read into our emotional cues and our biological cues and the energy we have at different times of the day and take advantage of that to yeah, make the most out of our days and out of our years. I agree. Like it, things are supposed to just, I don't think that human beings are just born to suffer. We cause Mm -hmm. the suffering on ourselves. Like life is supposed to be aligned because our bodies and our minds are always communicating to us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So even knowing that, you know what, I'm productive in the morning. Don't stay up late. I'm speaking now, yet I stayed up late yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) But that's it. I I even stayed up late and I knew because I'm a morning person. When Mm -hmm. it hits midday, I am not going to be productive until maybe about six and then I have another mm. window between like six to like nine and that's mm. it so the whole afternoon and, I am just not there yeah mm. and that's the thing like you know what's beautiful is that you're you're aware of that you know it's that self-awareness like you've taken track but you know it's something I encourage everyone to do like you know think about that which what's your window what are your windows Right. And even for women, actually, um, you know, we have a monthly cycle. And during that monthly cycle, I think it's for us, it's even more pronounced because, you know, when you're going through ovulation, when you're going through, you know, the period or the first couple of days of the period, like there's different, there's a different kind of energy that comes with all these things. And take advantage of when it is during your cycle or during, yeah, that you have the most energy that you're able to think critically, that you're able to make, do and yeah schedule things accordingly yeah that's true that's so true and i think the last thing i just want to say about mental health is it's a legacy you know i just came to this realization recently and i said you know what actually this thing is a legacy that we leave 
So mm-hmm. if you find that in your family it happened to your grandmom, it happened to your mom, now you're also in the same situation. It's because that nobody stopped to question and do the work. Mm-hmm. But then if you oh, work yeah. on yourself and you know want a different reality, because we learn by seeing how other people, uh, the people that we love, our caregivers, are mm-hmm. are acting mostly mm-hmm. not what they are saying like if your mom was treated a certain way by your dad you think that's normal even though she told mm-hmm. you it wasn't normal with her words the action is what kids yeah. suck in right so if yeah. your mom was always angry or she did a certain thing that energy just you think that's how it's supposed mm-hmm. to be but then if you saw I her think- like probably living her best life and you know still still happy within the chaos or chaos or still you know having conversations and going through the emotions then you learn okay i can go through the emotions i don't have separate things so it's yeah. so important for us to actually actively work on our mental health and be in positions where we feel like you know i like myself as a human being i understand what's mm-hmm. happening to me in this moment I understand mm-hmm. that I have control and life is not just happening to me because then we get to pass that on to the children that we're going to have who get to pass that of on. Of course, yeah. So it's that energy is so transferable. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. as important mm-hmm. as, you know, saying, let me work hard and I'll leave them something, leave them property, yeah. leave them something. It's actually even more important because if they're mentally strong and mentally aware and mentally healthy, then they can be able to thrive and yeah. the assets you leave them even they'll be able to you know build on multiply that. exactly multiply yeah. so yeah. it's actually a legacy that we leave and everybody needs to take it seriously that's definitely correct i mean by the time the energy is so transferable between you know you enter a room and people are um, angry and you immediately you know <laughs> also get a little bit frustrated um then imagine like you know actual energy passed through that connection um it's very critical yeah that we definitely work on ourselves and there's something like pretty important that you said which um about learning from what we see and yeah i think the the thing that they tend to say is this thing of more is caught than is taught right so you can tell me yeah do this do this do this but now if i see you doing another thing that's not that thing you know, that's what I'm actually going to take on. Like, you know, what you are actually doing, not what you're telling me. So yeah, more is definitely caught than taught. And especially in, for, you know, for children at a younger age. Yeah. But it's even mm. like, even you see if it's in relationships, friendships and mm. stuff, like they keep, keep saying, you know, look at the action, not what they say. Don't fall for what they say. Mm-hmm. Like, what are they mm-hmm. doing? So mm. yeah, it's the action that's, really matters at the end of the day yeah to our of course yeah so how do we establish good habits sarah um yeah so it all starts with you know mindset right why and understanding i think your why you know why do you want to have good habits um because you know with when we move through life like you know just anyhow without having reason or purpose then it's easy to let go of something that you're trying to build. So I think the first thing is to understand, okay, why do I want to drink, you know, more water every day, three liters of water every day? 
oh, it's because, you know, that time when I drank water, actually, I felt quite, you know, less dehydrated. I was more energetic. Um, you know, when I when I went into a kasana, you know, it just, I still felt okay. Why do I want to be able to journal every day? Well, because, you know, every time I journal, I feel like there's a lot that's taken off. So understanding the whys is the first thing. You know, why do I, if it's, you know, why do I, if, even if it's something to do with your career, why do I want to get that CEO role? Oh, it's because then I know the money that I'll get and the position of power will be, you know, will help me do this and that. So always understanding the why, I think is the first step into, you know, building habits. And then you can start to say, to pin down what those things are. And by always trying to remember the why, I feel like that's when you keep circling back to doing the thing because when it's just, <laughs> and I think this is like one of the things I have that a lot of people do and I've done it before. I'm like, I'm going to do this. Like I'm going to go for a run. Then I'm going to walk that dog. Then I'm going to drink water. Then I'm going to, you know, trying to do too many things because you're trying to build everything. Right. But only maybe two of those things are important to you. So before you know it, you've gone for a run once. Uh, you've drunk the two liters, maybe like oh, and maybe on Wednesday and Friday. And, you know, when you review and reflect your week, you find that the only thing maybe that you've done consistently is, let's say, walk the dog because you genuinely, let's say, find, you know, connection and you, you have a love for it. Or the only thing you've done is journal every day because you actually enjoy doing it. It makes you feel great and, you know, all these things. So I think the first, yeah, one of the things to understand your why. And then when you know your why, you're going to definitely start to narrow things down. And better to start with one thing and then keep building upon these habits, right? Because, you know, the tenacity that you'll get um, from like being really good at one thing, you it stops being something that you're building, right? And it becomes part of your life. So, you know, drinking water, you don't even have to think about it as something that you have to tick off. It's, it just becomes normal to you. So before you know it, that's obvious. Before you know it, every morning you wake up and you journal or you listen to a podcast. That's obvious. Every morning you wake up and you pray. That becomes so obvious that, you know, it's not a thing you have to tick off. So then you start to add other things that are perhaps a little bit more challenging to do. You start doing that thing consistently, consistently until it becomes you know, part of your life, it becomes habit, it becomes routine, then you keep adding like that. But you know, all these things have to be triggered by why are they beneficial to you? So I think that's a thing to always remember, like, why, why, why? You know what, I just had an aha moment, because <clears throat> why is it important for you? I don't think, okay, I've asked myself that question for some aspects, in my life but not for everything like say my health because I don't trust myself to know what's important for me for my health which I think is wrong <laughs> but mm -hmm. when you said um why like think about why do you want to take the water it's not because the doctor said because for me it's like doctors said people health people say water is good for you but mm -hmm. how mm -hmm. you broke it down and like okay when I took the water, I felt this. That has never been, even now I know that I wake up in the morning, now I'm a water drinker. Naturally, it has happened. The habit has formed. 
Mm. But I never think that I am doing it for me because it makes me feel a certain way. I've never noticed why it, how it makes me feel. Yeah. Even when you say like walking in the sunshine, every human being has experienced this, like especially if yeah. you're born and raised in Africa. There are times mm. your body craves the sunshine and on a cold day, you're just like, I just want to walk in the sunshine or something because mm. it makes mm. your body feel a certain way. But like, if it is, <laughs> even though it, even though it's something like that, the doctors like watch your body. That for me has blown my mind. There yes. are things that what? I do for me, like okay, I'll wake up and I just want a slow morning because I know that works for me. But some mm-hmm. things I haven't trusted myself, and I really love that. Thank you. Exactly, and I, I think it all goes back to you know I think stigmatizing this emotional thing because all those are feelings they're emotions and it's funny like you know you it makes you like it's okay to embrace that yeah (laughs) yeah let's speak about goal setting it's something you do Mm -hmm. so well and I also know that the year is about to end and yeah we need to set ourselves up for success Mm-hmm. So what's what are the things, what are the pointers that you'd give us to help us set goals that we can stick to, but also stick to the goals that we eventually set? Oh uh, yeah, sure. Um, so I think the first thing is review. You know, where are you what have you done this year? Where did you set yourself up to be? You know, what were your goals at the beginning of that? I think everyone that reviewing exercise is really good and maybe in the sense that okay what what are the main wins of the year um what are the areas that still need work how did i evolve now if you spend your time every day at party party yet you're trying to be you know like <laughs> you're trying to um you know uh, be well educated in a certain part and you know you didn't actually spend that much time doing that you start to think okay no that didn't work right um, so you perhaps for the next year I have to think about, okay, how am I going to align my actions and the activities that I do with the goals that I want to achieve? Um, you know, again, once again, going back, reviewing, review the important dates, you know, what did I want, you know, the milestones you had for that year. Let's say I wanted to launch a podcast in January. Um, what happened there? Did I end up pushing it too much? Why was that? But did you end up working? Did I end up, you know, um, filling in the gaps that I had to? Is it because I had to do a little bit more research? So review, understand where you needed work or where you might need work moving forward. And also identify your main wins, celebrate those, of course. And, you know, of course, don't forget, what did, what did you do regarding your mental health? And perhaps what did you need to, what do you need moving forward to prioritize when it comes to your mental health? And then um, another thing that I advise is, you know, once you go through that exercise, of course, you know where you stand, right? So now, okay, how do I start to move forward? So moving forward, I think, you know, we all have, I guess, personal and professional, like, um, parts of our lives so the f- the main the first thing to do I think is to plan those things but then plan them separately so your 
so that your personal life isn't suffering because of the professional and vice versa. So basically try to understand the goals that your work needs you to do, right? And that your career needs you to do. And then think about your personal goals and other things that include, of course, your health, family, relationships, um, you know, finances can be in both categories, but, you know, think about your personal finances and your professional, you know, finances as well. So also remember, I think generally as you're doing these two things is to be kind to yourself. I think that's the purpose of doing your personal and professional, because in your personal, you also have a lot to do with your self-care, your mental health. You know, it could easily be something like maintaining a healthy sleep schedule, you know, making sure you at least have seven hours of sleep per night. So once you do that, have do your plan, of course, um, you know, write down things like things in your general life. Maybe it's uh, projects that you want to do or mentorships that you want to be a part of or skills that you want to develop you know um all those things and then of course out of that um and i think this is something that covid has taught us very well is try to take into consideration the possible risks or outcomes or sorry all obstacles that may come in the way of your plans because that's essentially making it realistic i think you know we've all been uh, told about like smart goals, like, you know, specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and time bound. So try to make sure that these things are realistic. You want to start a blog or a vlog or a YouTube channel, right? Um, okay, great. You have a concept, maybe even have a hundred ideas for the videos. But now you have to think, okay, um, how long is it going to take me to film? Maybe it doesn't take long. Maybe it's about 40 minutes. But then maybe editing will take longer. So think about, okay, is it realistic then for me to say that, um, you know, this is a thing I'm just doing with all the, with the rest of my career, my life. I have kids. What is it realistic for me to say that I can release two YouTube videos a week? No? Okay, maybe I can release one, one a week. Or maybe I can release one every month or every two weeks so try to be realistic about these things as you're setting them because you, you also don't want to get you know into the bind where you're like i feel like i'm not achieving anything but a lot of that comes from not being realistic about the time um, that goes into things and also maybe you're not very sure so try doing it the first time remember i feel like the thing with goals is people forget that you can change and you can shift um, a goalpost accordingly. Because I think what a lot of people do is they're like, I just have this thing at the beginning of the year, but then you don't keep changing it according to what life throws at you. Because life can throw you a curveball. Let's say that you lose someone who's critical to you know, achieving a certain goal, a business partner perhaps, or you know, a family member then of course you have to go back to the drawing board, right? And plan accordingly and say, okay, maybe, you know, this is now taking a huge toll on my mental health. Maybe let me first give it a three month break. I'll get back to it and review it and set the goals accordingly. Um, or, or maybe I've tried to do this YouTube thing. 
at first it took, it used to take me like, um, you know, two, I have, it used to take me five hours to edit a thing, but now it takes me one hour. So maybe I can just, you know, end up releasing more of these things. So it's important to, as you, you set your goals to keep reflecting on a weekly basis, on a monthly basis and keep shifting because even shifting the goalpost could mean that you're able to achieve something quicker, not necessarily always, you know, um, it's not always going to take longer. Sometimes you, you become so good at a thing, you've attained the skills, maybe you've delegated, you've had that you actually shift the goalpost. If it's something that you wanted to achieve by March um, 2022, maybe now you're able to do it by the end of January. 2022 so i think we have to keep uh going back and assessing these goals um the other thing is and this is one of the things in the daily planner is creating a basically to don't list a list of things not to do right so getting rid of things that you really shouldn't do or you should or you or that affect your productivity quite a bit for me, one of the things is I have windows where I'm like, uh-uh, between this time and this time, I'm not checking social media, right? Because I know when I do, I'm going to end up, you know, there are going to be the messages, then there are going to be the comments, then you have to respond to this. And before you know it, you've spent so much time. Whereas like if I, I set myself, okay, between eight and nine is when I'm going to check and respond to messages, blah, blah, blah. you do that, you spend less time, Right. And the other thing with your to-don't list is more or less the things that you might end up having to delegate, you know, is it accounts? Is it the laundry like we talked about earlier? So things that are going to save you time day to day, hour by hour um, to save you time so you can actually use that time effectively. And, you know, if, even in teams, if you're working in teams, like, you know, you learn how to hand over something how to train someone else to do something so i think it's important to incorporate that to don't list um if you're working in an office and one of the things is to be like you know as soon as you come in do you have to have that conversation about how everything was last night or that episode or that new episode of xyz um as soon as you come in do you really have to do that perhaps not because you know you that's an hour gone where you could have done the work and maybe kept that conversation for the end of the day when everyone's energy is kind of like, you know, sizzling down. And yeah, so of course you've set these goals, you've determined the things you don't have to do now. Think about it on a daily, on a weekly, on a daily basis, right? And I think the best way to kind of try and incorporate these things is to um have a routine um establish a routine to your day to your week on a weekly basis okay let's say on a monthly basis you could already set out your month and be like you know for me this month every let's say 30th this is my day i'm going to go to the spa i'm going to do my nails i'm going to have a haircut i'm going to braid my hair I'm going to go for a face mask, even if it's an at-home face mask, right? Like, I'm going to do it this often. And I'm going to have a bath with bath salts, da, da, da. set that time aside, right? Then zoom in on a weekly basis. Okay, every week, I'm going to make sure that, uh, let's say, I'm going to set Wednesdays for meetings, right? Across my different projects. 
so that I know if I have to move into town, I can be in this area. There's a couple of cafes here. I can have a meeting. So this year, a meeting for that year, a meeting for that year. So that I know that one day I am just having meetings and then the rest I can be on my desk. Um, you know, things that happen regularly, you could find that maybe you have a standing meeting with someone every week. Then you make sure that you put that into your calendar. You know, for a fact, I know this is happening. Um, and also, you know, like, sorry, going back, planned your quarters, you know, of course, there's Q1, Q2, Q3, and then you could go into your month and then into your week. And establishing routine just really helps in the sense that, you know, you grow those things, they become habitual. Then I think the next step is to really create a routine or establish a routine to your to your year, right? Um, so we tend to have different quarters in a year, especially if you're like in a professional um, world. So set your targets for Q1, Q2, Q3, right? Q4. Um, and have your main goals uh, that you want to achieve in those first you know, three months, the next three months, et cetera. And then start to break them down into monthly. So let's say every month, one of the things, and this could be you know, personal and professional, one of the things you want to do is do your nails or have a full spa day where you do your hair, do your nails, everything. Or even if it's at home. So you say, okay, for me, every 30th of the month, this is my plan, right? Or every 30th, I will go to the farm or I will go to the beach, or I'll go somewhere and hike a mountain um, for a weekend. That's my thing. I have to do that thing once a month. So already have that in your calendar, right? And then break it down into the weeks. So with routine, I think it's a matter of like establishing things that appear regularly. And I think one of the things that are inevitable in life is things like meetings. So, for example, I personally have Tuesdays as my meeting days, especially physical meetings. And I know, okay, depending on the various projects that I'm working on, I'm going to make sure that I set my meetings on this day. That's when I'm going to drive into town. That's when I'm going to be in this area of town. And I'll make sure that all my meetings are happening thereabouts. Um, so that there is a time wasted having to drive, you know, because it's a bit of work driving into town. Maybe you found traffic just for one meeting and then you have to get back. And then, so trying to be smart about it in that way. Um, in the same way, like, you know, schedule the big events in there. If there's like um, things that you do in, in, a, in a repetitive manner every week, let's say you, you have three projects that you're working on. And you can easily say, okay, I'm going to delegate Monday to project A, um, Wednesday to project Y, and Friday to this other project. And then those are the days that, you know, okay, this is the day. Any other day? No. Unless there's something that's really urgent, I'm not going to work on this because I've already assigned a day for this. And of course, be sure to like, you know, schedule your big milestones within your month for example okay is this what do i have a deadline for this or oh, it's on the 25th that's already in there so you kind of start to visualize and see things um and this is why it's good to have a vision board have a whiteboard have a planner have a what else your calendar make you know your, whether it's google calendars or i calendar make sure that you're able to see the main milestones 
pretty easily. So that, you know, when you wake up in the morning, you're like, okay, today, these are the general things that have to get done. Or this week, these are the things that have to get done. Then you can start planning what are the tasks that I have to do to be able to achieve this by this time. And also, you know, what when, for example, you find yourself not meeting the expectations you set for yourself, it kind of allows you to reassess and once again, reset the goals and keep planning. Yeah, that thing of shifting goals. Um, so yeah, obviously make sure you set time for yourself, time to relax, time to, what's the advice, time off for oneself. I, yeah, I guess I get in the working world, it's try and take a couple of days off at least every quarter right? It could be three days. It could be a weekend away. It could be, but try and pen, and then, you know, make sure you pencil those days into your calendar, plan them and make sure there are those things that stay. They're not easily canceled. You know, um, don't say, oh, well, I was just going away for some time. But if you think you're, the meeting should be here, let me cancel these days because that's how we put our, uh, you know, mental health, self-care, like on the back burner. Even our, our physical bodies just need to rest sometimes. So make sure you schedule those days in and you make sure they are non-negotiables, like immovable. So yeah, that's another piece of advice that I encourage. Um, make sure you have that in there. Um, the other thing is to always, in fact, make it a commitment to celebrate the wins. Damn it, how small it is. You know, for the entire week, you've been able to sleep seven hours hell yeah like celebrate that that's incredible do you know like how many people like you know even me personally these past two months I'm not gonna lie I haven't been great on my sleep schedule but you know um these past couple of days like and sorry in this sorry in this week I'm planning on having my sleep as it should be and I know that once I do that I'll wake up with a smile I'll, I'll be able to have my coffee without having that coffee just to keep me going, but having my coffee to enjoy it because it's actually something that I miss. Just, you know, drinking the coffee because I like the aroma and it smells great and it makes me feel nice. Not drinking the coffee because I need energy, right? So celebrate the win. If, you've, if your thing is to set up a blog, you bought the website domain, celebrate it. You know, it's a step forward. If you want to launch a podcast you've recorded or you've written in fact you've written down the ideas and you know they're like you know three scripts that are perfect celebrate that um and of course um the biggest thing i think to everything and this is the difference between the people who are able to achieve things and people who then say oh i set my new year's resolutions but i forgot them is adjust your attitude or your mindset. So your attitude like is plays such a critical role. And we all know that you know life isn't all pleasant all the time, right? But how you choose to let the unpleasant moments or you know the things that are happening that are tragic around you, how you choose to allow those things to affect your attitude basically changes the way you approach every situation. Um, let's say people, you know, that <laughs> I was having this conversation the other week, people 
you know that not everyone in the world is a good person. There are people who have ill intentions. But now if that's the kind of attitude you're bringing to a meeting with every single person, you, automat- you, know, you automatically show up assuming the worst. And best believe you're likely going to get that, right? But if you come trying to see the light in people, trying to see the best, and some people will have their shortcomings, even you, know, you could have your shortcomings, but choose to see the light. Take the bad, assess how you approach a situation, but choose to see the light. Um, choose to be hopeful, choose to be positive and open-minded and open every single day. And in the same way, if you know that goal comes and you know you haven't hit it, even if you thought you were 100 percent instead of being down for so long, you'll be like, hey, at least I'm 70% there. It's, you know, a whole 70% more than where I was. Um, then keep pushing forward, right? So basically having goals and a plan for the year helps you decide, you know, which direction to take. And if you have to make changes, you make the changes. Allow yourself to be flexible and incorporate that in that attitude. Like your year is basically, I think this is something talked about with the risks, it's only as good as your ability to understand the things that are happening outside of your control. That's your plan. Like your plan for the ahead is only as good as your ability to understand the things that are happening out of your control. And these things will happen that are totally out of your control. Things that you're like, eh? I did not like, you know, I, I think the biggest eye opener for everyone that everyone can relate to was COVID. No one knew that was going to happen or we did, right? But big still continue being patient, continue being hopeful, continue like having consistency and be flexible, be flexible, Um, you know, keep working towards where you can. Once again, if you can delegate things, do that. And, but it all starts with one, having the plan, have the plan, have the vision, hold hold on to the vision, set goals, set little tasks that are going to move the needle for that vision and then work on your attitude towards the things. Because I know that portal who have told me, these things are planners. I don't like planning, writing it down because then before you know it, you haven't done it. And then what's the point? And then you feel bad. But the thing is, don't. You know, let's say you, you wanted to send 20 emails and you only sent 10, that's 10 more than if you hadn't set yourself up to send the, you know, the 20 in the first place. So I think the purpose is really to be able to have a target and the targets can move and things can happen in life that you know um, end up shifting the way that we approach things or end up shifting our goals a little bit, uh, whether forward or backwards. But the purpose is to make sure that there's something there that you're moving towards. Um, And yeah, I think once you have that attitude, once you allow yourself to go for it, knowing that you might hit miss, you know, and even if you do hit miss, you're still positive, knowing that, you know, anything can happen, but your attitude is what's going to help you, how you choose to allow the things to affect your attitude and how you choose them to affect your life and your ultimate goals basically in life um, is up to you then I think 
you're kind of like on the right trajectory once you set that in motion. Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> I've just been here nodding. <laughs> like, yeah. But the hugest thing for me has been the attitude, really. Oh my God, it's so huge. Because sometimes I'm those people who will do the same thing. And, you know, because you've done five and not 10, you feel like a bad person. So fixing the attitude, I'm really taking that home with me. Um, could you please tell us about your Lifeline products? Because I know that those are things that are going to help us get organized. Yeah, sure. So I we have quite a few things now, actually. This year has been pretty awesome for us. So we have planners and we have three types of planners at the moment, actually. We have a daily planner, which is for someone who is like, really detailed and needs to run be like see everything like you know day in day out but it's also perfect as the tool to plan for your day but also journal and then we have the three-in-one planner and the personal planner which are pretty similar um except the three-in-one planner well they both have like a monthly overview weekly overview but the difference is that the three-in-one planner um, has challenges. So if you're someone who's really trying to build the habit, you know, which is what we talked about earlier, um, it's a perfect place to say, okay, I'm going to try and drink the water. Then every day I'll circle. I'll circle when I do it, when I drink the one liter. Um, you know, before you know it, it's no longer something you have to put um, on, you know, your habit building list. Then you move on to the next thing. Um, and then the personal planner has finances. Why? Because a lot of people are telling me, or reaching out and saying, you know, all these other things I think I'm there, but now this money, I get the money, I don't know where it goes. I, I know I spend, but I'm like, do I spend this much? So I think it's important for us to track the money that we spend to set goals when it comes to our money. So that we know, like, where does it go? If, I, if you know, by the end of the week, you see that, you know, you're spending three million on food, eating out then you already know that you know something has to change so i think yeah that was like really important for that and also we have journals so if you're really now keen on you know um building that relationship with yourself and your mental health then one we have a children's journal actually now so it's perfect for kids um aged like five to twelve and they can also start establishing that habit really early. We also have a gratitude journal, gratitude thoughts reflections journal, which is perfect, you know, because every day you start off by you know, doing your affirmation, writing down what you're grateful for, what you're looking forward to. And then at the end of the day, you can come back and write down, okay, you know, how have I felt today? What has happened? What has gone wrong? What was, what was I able to achieve? What could I do better next day? Uh, what am I looking forward to? So it's a guided journal that is pretty awesome. And yeah, I totally encourage people to like, you know, get whatever they think aligns with them, but also feel free to reach out to us on any of our platforms, like whether it's through WhatsApp or um, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, if you have an inquiry, because we can always have that conversation, figure out where you are and advise you on like the best the better product for you basically yeah and what's your handle on this platforms 
So it's at Lifeline Designs, and that's L-Y-F-L-Y-N-D-E-S-I-G-N-S. So that's across the board, Lifeline Designs everywhere. Okay. I love it. And if somebody has listened this far, what's one thing that you want them not to forget? Um, I think it's that you matter and your emotions matter because your emotions affect quite a lot of what you do um, and how you approach things because even your attitude is, you know, everything is based off of your emotions. So keep your emotions in check, you know, feel them, allow yourself to go through them. You know, um, there's that saying, like you, you are not your emotion right? You, let's say anger is the emotion, but you are not an angry person just because you are, you feel angry at a certain time. So I think we have to remember that because, you know, even as we plan, even as we thrive and we want to be, you know, somewhere, set all these goals. Um, if we keep putting those things at the back burner, our emotions and suppressing them, ultimately you will work, you might achieve all those goals, but then you might not particularly enjoy it, right? Because you're just like, oh, but why am I? Yeah, I'm getting all that things and even people are acknowledging me for that thing. But I still feel like it's because you're not allowing yourself to feel, you're not allowing yourself to feel happy. If you can't allow yourself to feel angry, then basically you're not going to really allow yourself to feel happy. <laughs> so um, yeah, feel the feelings um, and know that the emotions are good things. They're good drivers. They are good drivers for your life. So don't suppress them. I love it. I love it. That's a really great life lesson. Thank you so mm-hmm. much, Sarah, for coming on the podcast. I enjoyed having this conversation. And yeah, I appreciate you. Um, yeah, thank you so much, Rebecca, for having me. Uh, this has been brilliant. I'm always open for a conversation. Um, and I hope that your audience really enjoys this. You know, I hope we can have more of these conversations, uh, you know, physically, hopefully when everything is all good and we are all very safe to meet. But um, yeah, you can always reach out to me personally or through to the Lifeline Designs um, messages to chat more. And I'm always here like as a listening aid <laughs> for anyone. So Yeah, thank you so much, Rebecca, for having me. This has been so brilliant. Many thanks to you for finishing yet another episode of the Connectivity Podcast. If you haven't yet, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. That way, you'll never miss an episode. I want to hear from you. What were your key takeaways? Head on over to my Instagram or Facebook at Connectivity Podcast to continue the conversation. This is Rebecca signing off. Connect soon.